Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by uh, Tommy Powers, a.k.a. Tommy Traffic. Tommy is a digital marketing consultant, speaker, and author with over 15 years of experience in pay-per-click marketing, conversion optimization, and online lead generation. He's also a proud husband and father of three, and nothing is more important to him than his family. Now, I can speak to that with personal experience, because when I met Tommy, we spoke at length at a conference about his family and the life and juggling and just the, the nature of this business. Tommy is most recently known as the go-to guy for YouTube advertising. This is because he's helped generate well over seven figures in revenue for his clients over the last two years. He's been featured on several podcasts and spoken in stages across the country where he shares his insights and unconventional strategies for leveraging YouTube ads. After spending millions of dollars buying traffic online over the last eight years alone, Tommy has found the patterns of what works and what doesn't. It allowed him to create his own way for implementing highly profitable paid traffic campaigns across multiple markets. I asked him to join us today to share some of his secrets. Tommy, how you doing, man? Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for joining us today. Hey, man, I remember that conversation we had in San Diego talking about the family thing and the juggling and everything, so it's good good memory on your part. Yeah, Great. man. Glad to be here, man. Yeah, no, it's an honor and a pleasure. So, um... One of the things we didn't really get into back in the, like was back in the day. Like, how did you even get started with this? I mean, now I know you're so highly sought after. People are always trying to hit you up, and ask questions. I know I'm grateful you made time in your busy schedule for me today. But how did you even get into it? Like, yeah, you, we weren't born doing pay-per-click advertising, were you? <laughs> no, man. Uh, you know, it just goes back about eight, going on nine years now. About eight years. Uh, man, affiliate marketing. Um, I got involved. Obviously, at that time, man, I was doing everything. I was AdSense sites. I mean, you name it. If there was a way to make money online, I was buying <laughs> products. You know what I'm saying? Throwing stuff at the wall and see what would stick. Yep. And uh, ran across, you know, Google AdWords and uh, got introduced to, uh, you know, ClickBank and Google AdWords and started messing around with it and, uh, you know, started running some Google display campaigns. Mm-hmm. Mainly because everybody said, don't do it, uh, is why I started doing it. But early on, man, I was losing bad. I was losing a lot of money spending, you know, and I was basically going broke. Right. And uh, finally, man, it made a sale, and I was like, okay, this worked. Now I just got to reverse engineer it, and I kind of been doing that ever since, you know, ever since I've been, I've been on this same track. Got it, got it. So, I mean, eight years is a long time to be doing pay-per-click advertising for sure, and there's been a ton of changes on and off and over and over and over again, Um, and you've worked with a handful of clients. So what have been some of the biggest challenges or obstacles that you've seen just in the pay-per-click industry in general? Um, I think it's just a matter of really having a baseline uh, understanding of, you know, you know, business as, as in general, just like, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? I mean, people get caught up so often in, you know, all the rules and the changes and this and the other. And it's like, you know, what is your baseline process that if you follow these basic set of guidelines, you're going to be able to be successful? And that's kind of what I was after with the whole reverse engineering um, concept. It's like if I can reverse engineer this and come up with a baseline of, you know, if I do these set of things, my likelihood of being successful is high. Because right. at the end of the day, it's just a numbers game to me. Right. You know, and I'm a numbers guy. I'm really not a as much of a traffic guy as people make me out to be. I'm really a data guy. And I really understand data, how to evaluate that data, and how to, have a po- and how to make a positive impact in my favor. Mm. And so I've always been looking for how do I reverse engineer so that I can figure out what are these baseline fundamental things rules that if I follow them, the likelihood of me being successful is higher. It's almost like the guys who go in the gam- gamble, right? And they, right. they they're counting the cards and things like that. Right. It's the same concept. All they're trying to do is make the odds 
more in their favor. Right. And that's kind of what, how I approached it. You know. Got it. So what are some of the key things that people listening to this got to keep their eye on? Like, if they're new to the game, what are some of the, like, because you say the data and watch the numbers, are there, what are the key metrics that are really, really, really important? Well, it boils down to what are you trying to accomplish in your business? What is push? What will push your business forward? You know, that's always the number one question that I ask anybody before I work with them to figure out if they're even a good fit for me. Because if they can't answer that, I can't help them. I mean, that's just the reality. So what is the one thing that you can do that you know is going to push your business forward? And usually if you can't answer that question, it's a couple symptoms there. A, you don't have anything that you, that's working. Right. Right. Or it's working and you have no idea why, you know, and under both of those circumstances, it's really difficult to me. I'm, I'm, I shine more when it's like, OK, I know that here's here's where your business, what you're currently doing, how I can come in and show you if you do it this way, you'll get way more mileage than you would otherwise. That's kind of really where I shine. So taking something from nothing to something it's not really my wheelhouse, but taking something to greatness right. is kind of where I shine. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely get what you mean there because you need clarity. And I know yep. exactly what you're talking because sometimes you get clients and they expect you to wave a magic wand and money yep. to come out your ass. And you're like, yep. no, 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 that's not how it works. You know, I take what you have and I add, I add, fi- I add fuel to the fire, right? Exactly, so, exactly. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. So where do you see a lot of people getting stuck? Like when you have clients coming to you and they're coming in the game and it sounds like they're a good fit, do you find that a lot of clients tend to have the same, like do you have the same kind of issues with clients? I imagine over eight years working with, you know, hundreds of people and probably even thousands of businesses, do you find that like there's certain groups that people fall into where they get stuck in their business or – yeah, typically, I mean, the ones that are just starting out, it's it's a it's a host of things. You know what I mean? It's it's there's no finger thing to put the finger on. Right. But typically, with a business that already you know they're already making money, they already maybe they do offline or sales calls or whatever that they do currently to make, and they're trying to make that transition into paid advertising and digital marketing and things like that. And they already have like a, a, a real business that they're currently running. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what I see is they don't really truly know what it costs to acquire a customer. And really at the end of the day, until you really know and you're comfortable with what you can actually spend, it's kind of hard to move the needle, you know, right. because you don't, you know, what you kind of like, it's kind of like a dog chasing his tail. You know, you're right. going to be busy. You know, you have to have a definite uh, even if it's not the best place to be, because you can always do better in that. You can always do things to increase your ability to acquire a customer, but you need to at least have a starting point. And a lot of times people just don't know their numbers, and that's what it boils down to. They don't know their numbers well enough to say definitively, I can pay $100 to acquire a customer. You know? Right, right, right. So you're talking about lifetime customer value, right? You're talking I mean, about- not necessarily lifetime customer value. It's just... Just understanding what you know you can pay to acquire a customer to feel comfortable that this is the metric that we're going to target. Got it. You know. Do you? What are some? Do you have any like? Do you have any like examples? Or because some people might be listening to this and they're looking to get interested, like they're interested in getting into paid advertising because they hear me talk all the time about how paid advertising, like again, all my biggest successes came from exactly what you're talking about. We had something that worked. We we made an ad campaign that that enhanced it, and then now 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 you're in the millions of dollars. Like you can scale big fast. Right. When you have your numbers dialed in, but yep. when you talk about a lot of people don't realize how much it costs to acquire a customer, can you give some examples of just different industries or what some people should even expect or plan for, or you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily give a number, but what I do is, you know, basically how you can reverse engineer. You always want to reverse engineer it and say, what does it co- What what is a new customer spending with me today? Right. right. Like if you just focus on day zero, like today, how much money would I collect? You know, right. let's say that's, you know, maybe you are a, some kind of, you know, a contractor or something and your average deal is two grand, right? Let's right. say it's $2,000. Right. Well, how many people you got to talk to them to sell one of those, right. right? What's your typical thing that you're currently doing to talk to those people, right? So right. let's say 10 people I need to talk to in order to do that. So that means for every 10 people you talk to, you get a $2,000. You need to 
you could that's two hundred dollars per person on average. Right. Well, right, what does right. it cost you? How? What does it cost you to talk to that person? Right. So if let's say if you want to generate leads for a strategy session or you know what some people call it or some type of phone call situation, a quote, right? Maybe they want a free quote. For every free quote you give out, you close one. Well, what does it cost you? What is it? What do you have to do to get that free quote? Right. right? And that's really going to kind of determine, um, well, you know that you can pay $200 to get on the phone with somebody. Now it's a matter of reverse engineering that and saying, well, how many people do I have to fill out a quote form to actually get them on the phone? Right. Because you may not necessarily get everybody that wants to, to do a quote. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. might not talk to them, but maybe one out of three you will. So now you know for every quote form that gets filled out on your website, that's worth whatever is three divided by 200, you know, like right. 70, you know, like 60 bucks, 70 bucks. Right, right. Right. And then you just keep reverse engineering it back. Well, what does it cost to get someone to my website? And how many of those people that land on my website will actually fill out a quote form. Right. And you just continue reverse engineering it back. And then what you want to do is you want to go test that theory, right? Once you've bagged it all the way out to cost per lead, cost per person to your website, now you want to go test that theory and see how close you are. Right. Because that'll then start giving you data to say, well, I got 100 people to my website and only one filled out a quote form and it cost me 200 bucks because I paid $2 a click. Right. That's not going to work for me. You know, what can I do to impact that in a positive way? Well, you could bring your cost per click down. You could increase the number of people that fill out your form. There's a lot of different ways you can start tackling that. Right. But right. that's kind of how I always try to explain it to people. Let's start with the end goal and then let's reverse engineer based on current numbers that you have or, you know, numbers that would make sense for you and then get a baseline and then go test that. And right, then right, right. now you know all of the steps to get to that sale. Now that you understand all the steps that it takes to get there, now you know what things you should be impacting. Right. You know, and go from there. Yeah, and that's huge. And I love how you mentioned the different ways. Like you want, you can lower your cost per click. You can get yep. more people to fill out your form. And if anyone listening to this call is like, well, how do I do that? It's by improving your ad copy. It's by improving yep. the yep. layout and user friendliness of your website yep. um, and just testing and tracking. And, and small changes really do swing big doors. I mean, right. if you increase your ad click-through rate by 15% and you increase your conversion rate on the on the form by 15%, it's an exponential increase. It's not, that's it's right. Not, it's not 15 plus 15. It's exactly. exponential. Yeah. That's right got it got it got it got it so do you feel like there's habits that you see that a lot of your best clients have and far as far as like (laughs) business and you know what i mean like yes yes the habits are they bring me in and they say tommy you tell us what the strategy is we're going to execute and if it doesn't work out it's going to be on you because we're going to execute exactly what you tell us to do Right. versus the one that'll say, Tommy, I'm going to bring you in, I'm going to hire you, I'm going to pay you a bunch of money, but I'm only going to do some of what you tell me to do. Right. Yeah. And typically, I try to get to that before I ever get work with someone. Right. I want to know that they understand that if you're going to hire me, we're going to, because I don't mind taking responsibility if something doesn't work out. Right. But I won't do that unless you're doing what we Unless we doing the plan that I that I set out, right, right, right. And typically, the people that will get out of their own way and say, "Great, this is the plan you giving it to us. We're gonna execute. You tell us what to do. We execute." Those are my most successful clients, always, right. always. And you know, I actually feel the same way because, and I, I'm like you, I try to avoid it because the other part is you like. You know, once you once you're in the game, once you've established, like you talk about, like a real business. Like once you have a real business and you have real clients, you start understanding how important it is to protect your reputation and your track right. record. And right. by taking on the wrong client, yep. you know what I mean. And then they, if they have a bad experience, and you, it's not your fault, you you carried your weight, but they don't see it like that. You know, and exactly. Then, then that's all. Like it's just a nightmare scenario. So I love that. That's a great. That's a. I'm glad you brought that up because it's so key. <laughs> well, because here's the thing: is I mean, one of the things I think this is one of my pet peeves is when people take advice from people i've had clients and i haven't had not that this has been a not like a 
this isn't something that's come up a lot, but I remember I've had clients where I've given them a suggestion and they'd be like, well, I talked to my partner and my partner doesn't think X, Y, Z. And I'm like, oh, exactly. well, what does your partner do? And I'm like, exactly. oh, well, he's the finance guy. And I'm like, so right. what does he know about marketing? Right. You're like, who, who's the expert here? Right? right. And people do that all the time. I mean, right. I used to have a martial arts school and I remember people ask me for advice, like on raising kids and stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't even have kids. Like, why are you coming right. to me with that? Like, I'm the wrong person to ask. I'm an expert in these areas, but people always do that. They always want to, right. They always want to ask advice yep. of people they know, like, and trust, even right. if that's not their specialty. So, right. um, yeah, man, I got it. So what is part of your process? What do you mean in terms of just overall? Yeah, like, I mean, you've, you've developed over eight years. You've developed kind of your own unique system for what works and what doesn't work. And you know that if you do these things that you're more likely to be successful than if you don't. So what are some of that? Like, what's, can you just give us a peek in the window into, like, how, how does Tommy work his magic? Well, my number one thing is I always try to figure out, A, what's the number one metric that we're going to focus on that's going to move your business forward? Um, we're going to focus on that first and foremost. And that varies from different companies. Um, Can you give some so examples? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had a call with a startup uh, who just raised, you know, quite a bit of money. I can't really talk about how much, but they, they raised quite a bit of money. And they want to grow really fast. Right. And what they told me was, we want to grow our active user base. Okay. Not just We don't want to just get users we want to grow our active user base because if we do that, that will increase our valuation. It'll make our company more valuable, which then will allow us to raise another round of funding or even do a debt round if necessary in case we run into an issue where we need more cash. Hmm. And so that's a completely different thing from someone who says, well, I want to spend a dollar and I want to make two, you know, because that's, you know, they have a different perspective, but right. they have a metric. They'll say, hey, I want to put a dollar in. I want to get, you know, more than a dollar back. Right. And then it just becomes, well, how do you get that dollar? And then we're going to track everything based on revenue, right. right? But for that startup, we're not really tracking revenue. We're tracking active users. Right. And so we measure our campaigns in terms of how effective we're being based on the key metric that we set up from the get-go based on the objective that we're trying to accomplish. Got it. Got it. Makes got sense. It, got it. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Okay. Now, how do you do your tracking? How do you do some of your tracking when you're driving traffic in that? Is it like, are you just using the basic, whatever the pay-per-click, you know, whether it's YouTube or whatever, using their basic conversion pixel for tracking? Do you use anything more sophisticated? How do you know? In some instances, we use very sophisticated tracking. In some instances, we keep it very basic. To be honest, you don't really need anything that's sophisticated when you're running with say Google or Facebook, their tracking is pretty accurate. Um, So if you stick with the big three, you're not really going to run into a lot of that is when you start really doing stuff outside of, you know, Google Bing, um, Facebook, because those are like the big three. And when you say Google, you're talking about Google search, Google display and YouTube all falls under the Google umbrella. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're talking about Facebook, all Facebook ads, Facebook video, everything you can do on Facebook. That's a whole platform in and of itself. And then you have Bing, which is, you know, probably not even on their level uh, in terms of big three now. But technically speaking, when you hear people say the big three, that's who they're mentioning. Once you get outside of those really big networks like those, um, it kind of is kind of, you know, I use a lot of third-party tracking and a lot of layer, you know, tracking uh-huh. because attribution is really difficult thing to chase sometimes. Yeah. And if you're not really on top of it, um, especially when you're doing like direct site buys and some of the other traffic sources that are newer, like the a lot of these uh, content recommendation or native advertising platforms that you see out here, I've worked with a lot of those and they aren't where Google and Facebook are right. in terms of that. So, you want to have that additional layers of tracking because you want to challenge them if you see an issue. You want to take what you have, your evidence, and say, this is what I have. This is what you're showing me, something wrong. Right. You know, if you're not challenging them, they don't know. You know, and most of them, I mean, all of them, to be honest, because they want long-term relationships, they're willing to look into that stuff and really work with you on that. Right. 
Whereas with Facebook and Google, you don't really have to do that because their stuff is pretty spot on. Got it, got it, got it. So what are some what are some of the tools like for someone that's new getting started out and they're like, you know, they've got Facebook or Google or like I like I know a client, he's you know, he's actually it's part of why I'm in Mexico right now because he just got married, you know, and for him he's selling in pesos, but with Facebook, Facebook's not a good viable option for him because he's paying dollars for ads, but he's selling in pesos. You know what I mean? So that mm. makes it difficult, even if he's running ads in Mexico. Um, or Latin America. So for someone that like f- for him, for example, if he's got to go to other sites to do the media buying, what are some really basic, easy tools that anyone listening to this call could get set up with if they feel like they want to add an additional layer for their tracking? I think that would, I think if you just starting out, adding an additional layer of tracking, is just more confusing for you to be honest. Really? I think you stick with the, if you're going, if you're just starting out, you need to stick with the main Google, Facebook. You need to stick with them anyway. That's where you're going to, if you can't make it work there, I mean, you're probably not going to make it nowhere. You know what I mean? Mm. So um, I would say stick with just that because when you get that tracking stuff, you get caught up in that and you get in and it takes you off of the primary goal of what you're trying to do with your business. Cause ultimately the tracking is extremely important. However, if you're chasing that instead of chasing What's really important is moving your business forward. You get you get caught up, and I see people get distracted by that stuff because they're so focused on you know trying to figure out all of this stuff instead of just keeping it basic, keeping it simple, simplified. And so that's why I say that simplify as many things as possible. Um, but to your point about your buddy with the selling and pay, you know making money in pesos, paying in dollars. Is he using business manager? Because you are able to switch inside a Facebook business manager. You can change your currency. Mm. So he should be able to see the currency in his native currency so he can compare apples to apples from what he's seeing versus what's in Facebook. So that should be a problem. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, no, I'll ask about that. I'll have to find out, follow up with him on that. Okay. So, all right, so now... Again, so are there tiers? Are there levels of clients? And like, so, all right, you got traffic. Are there tiers when you're buying traffic? Because you just hit on a great key point. You're like, if you're just starting out, you need to stick with the big three and get yep. get, get it right there first because the tracking yep. tools are free and they're on point. Yep. And, you know, and it's just a mainstream tool. It's a lot of information out there on how to make them work. So are there the tiers? Like, all right, so I got some. I got some on Facebook. I got some on Google. It's working. I'm making more money than I'm spending. Um, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm looking to scale whatever it is I'm trying to do, whether it's active users and that, is there like, is there a process that you go through to dial up the traffic or like, how do you do that? Yeah. I mean, it's always about what can you pay to acquire a, a, a customer, a user, whatever the thing you're going, because the more you can pay, the easier it gets to scale like simple. Right. So my, my process is always based around once I know I got something working, how can I maximize that where I currently am? You know, what wherever I am right now, how can I maximize that? And then when I hit a brick wall, typically it's because what I'm able to pay won't allow me to really spread out and expand, if you will, and target more interests and target more demographics and, and really expand on your targeting. You're going to be limited usually by what you can pay. Right. And the more you can pay, the more you can do that. And so then it looks, I want to look at, okay, what are we currently doing? How can we add more value to the customer so that we're able to spend more? Right. And that's what I started looking at. And honestly, that's like beyond the traffic stuff. Right. That's like way beyond the traffic stuff. Right. And that's That's probably why you say like when you get a client, you're like, look, you know, you got to be able to follow my lead because yeah. Cause if we're dialing up and I'm generating 10,000 leads for you a week, you know, and we want to scale and whether it's for an online event or for sales reps or whatever, you know, and Hey, we're, we're, you know, we're starting to get to our max so that we, you know, we're not going to be profitable anymore. We need to figure out what more can we sell these people so we can keep generating that business. Right. So I think that's a key thing for. Campaigns that are like quote unquote evergreen that just run on and forever. And for the most part, it's just kind of business day to day and you're making money. Or do you find that a lot of campaigns eventually, you know, they just pitter out and then you have to find some other way, like you said, to add a new product to the back end or add more services to people or like, what do you, what do you do? 
Did I lose you? Uh, I think I lost you. Did my internet go down or did yours? Uh, it said you were offline. Oh, there we go. Oh, it might have been me. It's all good. 27 minutes. I'll just make a note. It's all good. Uh, my audio people will... Fix it up. Yeah, it's all good. So where I dropped you at was... Uh, you were talking about 10,000 leads and scaling up. Got it. So I'm what I was saying, basically... So what I was asking is, what do you do once you start, like, you once you hit that wall? Now you have to develop more products. You've got to figure out a way, like, either got to figure out a way to enhance the lifetime, the, the value of the customer to the company. So what is it that you do once you hit the wall? Like, is it is it all about building more of a back end? Or how do you handle, like, what are some of the, the things you can do when you've got a campaign that was working and now it's not, it's becoming unprofitable? Um, you can always try to add more value by selling more to the customer, more products and services. Is there anything else that you can do to try to like revive it and bring life back to it? Conversion optimization. I mean, do you run up, you know, do you have a funnel, you know, which is kind of like the buzzword now funnel, right. everything funnel, funnel, funnel. Right. Um, cause everybody does have one. I mean, let's keep, you know, everybody has a funnel. Uh, it's just, they're different. Everyone's funnel is different. Right. Um, how can you optimize that? You know what I mean? So, that's one way to look at it. Um, uh, yeah, if you can sell more stuff, if you're selling more stuff, or um, how do you get users to come back more often and, and things like that. Like, it really depends on your business model. I hate to say it depends, but it's true. It depends. Depends on your business model. And then based on your business model, we have to look at everything that's there that we can impact all the way through. And so another part of working with people is them being transparent about their business. Because if I don't really know what's going on in your business, how can I really look at it and kind of give you pointers and say this is what we can do to make an impact? So when people don't want to be transparent about really open up, and not that I want to log into your bank account or anything like that, but I really need to kind of really understand beyond the traffic piece, what really consists of your business to get to make a sale, to get that money going in the bank what are all the steps you have to take to do that because then we can evaluate those and we can probably find some type of pitfalls or leaks in the process uh-huh. that can we can plug that'll that'll help that you know and sometimes it's selling more stuff but a lot of times it's not even about selling more stuff it's serving the customer better picking up the phone i had one client we worked with one time they just start calling their customers like literally they started calling them Okay. And then they went from calling their customers. I mean, literally, it boosted. It's like it almost like doubled their business. And then they went from calling their customers to because they were it's like a real estate market, and they were using uh, webinars. And so what they started doing is calling people like they sign up for a free webinar, and they would call them at the time of the webinar, boosted right. their attendance rate, and also boosted their average, their, their conversion rate on the, webinar. on the webinar because the people get on and they already feel like they kind of know your company, your business, so forth and so on. And it's nothing more than just like, hey, I just wanted to give you a call. Obviously, you got to be collecting their phone number to do that, but that's optional. Uh-huh. But what was weird was like 40, 50% of the people were putting their phone number in that optional field. Uh-huh. Uh, you can use text message alerts for that as well, but they we found that that's more annoying than anything but actually a real person calling them and saying, hey, you know, we know you signed up for one hour. You know, this is such and such from ABC Company. We know we have we have you signed up for our such and such today. We just want to make sure that you're going to be able to make it and is everything okay and there's any questions we can answer you beforehand. Mm. Like, basically, that's simple. Okay. And it just, it, and so those little, two little things made a world of difference for them. Right. So it's just like little stuff like that a lot of times. And you said it earlier. Little hinges swing big doors, man. Yep. So where are the little hinges that you can that you can kind of, you know, uh, grease, if you will, you know, WD forty them up so they swing <laughs> better open up. Right, 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 right. No, I love it. And you know what? I love the the part that you mentioned is that human touch because a lot of people are getting sucked into this whole, like, I'm going to make money while I'm on the beach and stuff. (laughs) And you know what? I don't understand that because I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I mean, I know, like, my step adopted dad, he wouldn't, he, or my, I should say my dad, he wouldn't, like, he's getting near retirement. He's almost getting worried of it because he's like, like, I need something to do. Like, I need to wake up in the morning. You know, it'd be fun (laughs) for maybe a month or two. But after that, you'd just be, like, you need something to do with your life. Like, you need a reason to. 
get out of bed. Yep. So I just don't believe that. I don't. I don't quite believe in that. I just want. I want. I want the comfort and the luxury that I'm not. You know, in 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 a. I'm not chained. If that makes sense. Right. Um, but I, the other thing you mentioned is just the text message thing, the automation that's so impersonal. And I think that you can really stand above heads and shoulders above people just by giving a little personal touch. I mean, yep. if someone can make a call, like you can dial a hundred numbers in a day. You know what I mean? And um, I mean, depends how many people actually answer the phone, but for the most part, like you said, it, it would have a huge impact on the conversion rate because now yep. that you're real to these people. In the world today, I think just a little bit of service goes a long, long, long way. way. $10 an hour. Yeah. They hire someone for 10 bucks an hour to do that. Yep. And that person could call, I don't even know me how many numbers, but they could talk to 50 people an hour. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, because you're talking about one minute, two minute conversations max. Right, right. You know, right. but just that little bit of human touch, you know, it paid that ten bucks an hour and then some, like yep. over and over and over and over. Right. So, you know, just little stuff like that, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love it because these are little things that a lot of people like. A lot of people are trying to go the other way, but yep. if you're trying to like, if you want to be a flash in the pan, if you want to just put on some sort of online event and make some money and disappear, you know, kind of churn and burn and not really care about your reputation and what people think and, you know, and actually building a long-term business, then you don't necessarily need any of that. But if you're trying to build like long-standing relationships with people, because I think that's what's really important is a lot of people are forgetting that. It's about the relationships. People are forgetting right. that. That business started off with, hey, Tommy, man, you've got cows. I've got, you know, I grow potatoes. Hey, man, I'll trade you some potatoes for some meat. You yep. know what I mean? And like, hey, like, why don't you bring your family over? and we'll have a part like do you know what I mean you start doing yep. that and there's a community and that sense of community and family and helping each other and just you know and just like again just just enjoying your day to day life and just enjoying your craft and what you do um, so I think that's really 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 important it's a really key thing and it might not be a sexy thing to say like yeah you actually have to pick up the phone and call people um, but man you'll make a hell of a lot more money your customers will stay with you longer because there's some sort of bond and connection and it, it will make your life easier you'll make you know you're, you'll achieve your business goals a lot easier and faster so two um, birds with one stone man you yeah. get to pay more to acquire a customer and you get to add value to them at the same time right because that's a value add to them and which also allows you to spend more money to acquire a customer which is what you want to try to do right right yep. right right so is there, when someone's starting getting ready to work with an ad agency, is there any prep work that they should do in advance? Like, how do you know when you're ready to start running some paid advertising? You did say, like, if you know what your goals are and your metrics, is that it? Like, how do you present that to an ad agency? Even when you say, like, it helps if they if they can tell you more about their business. I mean, what's kind of like an ideal scenario for anyone that's like, because I, I know people that are, you know, they're doing okay, but they're, they're stuck in, like, this JV cycle where they're dependent on other people promoting their stuff. And, you know, because nothing's profitable with ads or at least they don't think it is and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, and it's just feast or famine because you get how often can someone promote your stuff before, right? Before they're like, dude, I got to move on. You yeah. know, I got to promote yeah. something else. So do you like, do you have any advice for that? Like how does, what, is there like a pre-paid advertising checklist that I should do? Where we talked about knowing what your goal is and how much you can afford to spend. We talked about reverse engineering it and backing it out from what your, not just your gross, but what your net is. And I think that's an important differentiation to make. You know, right. if you're selling a $100 item, how much of that are you keeping? Because that's, your, that's, right. that's where your marketing budget comes out of. Is right. there anything else, like like you said, knowing more about your business and that? How, like what, what kind of pre-prep work would you recommend to someone before they get into paid advertising? That's a really good question, man. I never thought about it as a pre, you know, checklist type of thing. I've never really thought about it on that level. I think for me, it's just more about me personally. I'm always about, am I a good fit for you? You know, do we share the same morals and values first and foremost? Hmm. Because if you're if you're getting customers and you treat them like garbage, I don't want to work with you. I don't care how much money you got. Right. So, um. So those are typically the things that early on that I'm really looking for is do we share the same morals and values? And then do you have a real keen idea on your metrics? You know, and, and if you have those things, then I'm open to have a conversation. Right. But if those two things don't come together really quickly, then I don't I won't waste my time. You know what I mean? So um it's hard to say, man. I think it's a mindset thing too. I think that's the third part of it is What's the person's mindset? Because if you if you believe that you can do it and you're committed to making it work, then um, you're more likely to make it work. Right. Versus I'm doing this because um, 
I'm struggling to get JV partners now, so I'll just go buy some paid ads. Right. Like, that's the wrong mentality to really approach it, you know, in my opinion. You right. know, that that would be, that mentality right there would, would, would run me away. I would run away from that. Right. You know, someone came to me and said, hey, you know, I've built a million-dollar business using JVs, but I really want to make this paid traffic work. And basically what I've done is I've taken a percentage of what I've generated from what my JV partners are sending me, you know, and and I want to apply that money. I've set it aside to put it toward paid advertising to make it work, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I love that you said that. So there's a book I'm going to recommend for anyone listening to this call, and that's Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins. And what you just said was something that Claude says in this book where you've got to treat your advertising, your paid advertising, just like you would a sales rep, right? Because it's not going to be profitable off the gate. You hire a brand-new sales rep and send him to his first prospect's house, he may or may not close that, right? right. You have to invest in that person. You have to train him up. You have to figure out – you have to let him learn the ropes. You have to let him burn some leads. And so I think it's the same thing with the paid advertising. So I'm really glad you mentioned that because one thing that a lot of people don't get, and I like to say this, is that you know done right, your paid Advertising will never suck as much as when you first launch it. That's right? true. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good. Yep. So. Um, good point. Yeah. So, um, oh, I had another question, but it totally just—I just had a brain fart. The pre-prep. <laughs> I was thinking about the pre-prep, and then. No, you. I think you kind of hit it on the, the nail on the head. I mean, that's basically it. You got to be prepared to invest and develop and grow. What kind of materials do you need to help provide, like, create the ad copy and that? Is there, is it what? How does somebody? What does somebody need to get into paid advertising? Do you need to have a graphic designer? Do you need to have a videographer? Like, how? Like, you know, if you want to run ads on YouTube, do they have to be professional quality? Is it something someone can do with their iPhone? You know, if people are concerned about that, if they're like, I don't know how to put that together, you know, like, is there? Is it? Would you recommend before? you start with video ads are, are video ads a thing to start with or should you start with uh, like a google you know kind of classified style ad to get some headlines and copy that work and then grow and evolve up or like yeah like how would you roll it out hands down i always try to explain to people what's the simplest way you can get something going because honestly you don't know what's going to work until you test it and um what what traffic source? I mean, it it really depends on, you know. It's hard to tell people one or the other. You know, honestly, if I had to choose one, if someone forced me into a situation and say, you know, tell me the traffic source, I would say Facebook, because Facebook has precise targeting that's unlike anything ever seen in the history of advertising ever. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I yeah, I do YouTube and this, that, and the other. But to, but to be perfectly honest, you know, and I do Facebook too. I mean, I do a I do it all, you know. Well, because pay-per-click's pay-per-click, right? That, the right, rest is just right, different tactics. Right. It's just different strategies, right? And it's different platforms, and they perform differently, and it's it's like all of these other things that go with it. But hands down, Facebook is the place to go, you know, to start out. If you if you can't make Facebook work, your stuff just ain't going to work. Like, <laughs> anybody should be able to make Facebook work for them, like, right. hands down. So, I mean, that's what I would say. Like, what's the least amount of resistance I can do I can have to get a campaign up and going because until you get something going you really ain't doing nothing but spinning your wheels mm. you know and so that's what I say it doesn't matter you know if you're just starting out or you have a business that's making a million dollars a year and you've never bought paid advertising you and the guy just starting out y'all on the same playing field really right. because at the end of the day Neither one of you know what's going to work until you test it. Right. You know, will the guy that's making a million dollars already have a better chance to make it work? Absolutely. But until he, but if the guy that has zero going on right now and he's starting out, get his ass up, and the other guy's still sitting on his hands six months from now, that guy that just started out, he like years ahead of him by now. Right. Because he got something going and he's learning. Right. And, and 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 I always say put, Figure out what you can afford to lose. Because really, paid advertising, you're not losing money. You're buying data. But it's hard for people to wrap their brain around that. Okay? Because they're not used to buying data. They're not used to that that mentality, that thought process. But that's really what you're doing at first. You're buying the data, and then the data is telling you what works and what doesn't. Or if this isn't working, okay, well, what can I do to make it work? How can I do something else? 
to make a positive impact mm-hmm. versus, well, I spent, you know, I lost a thousand dollars. Well, if you feel like you're losing money, then you probably got the wrong mindset. But if you feel like you understand that you're buying data, then you're definitely on the right track. And then it's just a matter of how much money can I spend to buy some data to kind of figure out what's going on so I can decide what to do my next step. Because your next step may be, hey, man, I spent a thousand bucks. I bought some data. And what if looks like an uphill battle, maybe I'm going to do something different. That's okay. But at least you have data to give you, to help you make that decision rather than just assuming that it's not going to work and never doing anything. Right. You know, so. Right. Now, do you believe in trying to make a sale off the opt-in in your ideal scenario? Are you like, and I know this is, this is, this is, this is a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a bit of a loaded question and it's a bit of a, you know, I'm, I'm kind of asking for a rule, but okay. I mean, generally speaking, when you run an advertising campaign, do you feel it's better to try to have some sort of way to recoup your costs the day you get the click or are you think that are you seeing that it works better to try to nurture people? Because the reason why I'm asking is because I've had a lot of people on the show, and there's kind of a mixed opinions about things, especially when it comes to email marketing. Some guys are like, I sell in every single email. That's right. You know, like direct response style. Like, you know, when you had to put a letter in the mail and I had to pay for the postage and that, I had to sell in that thing. But right. With email, some people are saying, it's so free. I don't even try to sell them for 21 days. You know, I just want to send them a bunch of free content and just see what they're engaged with and then try to sell them something that they've engaged with. But right. I'm wondering on the traffic end of things when you're driving traffic at least with the clients that you've seen and what works and what doesn't work does it hurt them to try and sell up front is it you know and again i know that that's a loaded question because it depends like if you're a shitty salesman right like you just you know what i mean like you <laughs> yeah, the right yeah. or wrong way but generally speaking if you're following best practices you're ethical you're providing a ton of value for people is it better to try to recoup your your ad spend the day of your driving traffic and have some sort of you know low dollar offer on the front end or or not or like just what has been your experience in the most part this is where it's important to really understand who you are and be honest with yourself about your skills because if you're good at monetizing from an opt-in go for the opt-in if you're not you need to try to get money as quickly as possible and that's the way i justify that whenever someone asks me that first thing i want to know is how good are you at monetizing people when you get them on a list well, I don't know anything about email marketing. Then you need to be trying to get money up front because the, by the time you learned how to do that, you could have been to just stick any. Because that's the thing, man. When you stick an offer in front of somebody, even if, you know, 100 people see it, 98 of them might hate it, but yep. two of them might love it. Yep. You don't know. Yep. So put it in front of them. But if you're really good at monetizing people on a list, stick to your strength. You know, and the problem with that, though, is a lot of people don't they're not honest with themselves about what their strengths and their weaknesses are. And that's why I said that. That's why I prefaced that in the beginning. Like you have to first be honest with yourself about what your strengths and your weaknesses are. And I would advise people to to be honest with themselves. And then every situation you evaluate it based on what is my strength and you play to that. Right, 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 right. Do you find that there's like a barrier that what you can sell up front? Can you drive cold traffic to a five hundred dollar offer or a thousand dollar offer for the can. you can? Yeah, you can do it. Will it work? Maybe, maybe not. You don't know. <laughs> you That's don't the know. thing. You gotta test it. Right. You know, but the chances of it working is slim. I mean, you know, okay, like with the VSLs, I mean, you know, video sales letters, right? You know, a lot of those guys with the information products and supplements and stuff like that, I mean you're talking about low dollar, low price points. Right. So that's why those things convert extremely well because, you know, it's a lack of a lot of psychology built into um with a really low barrier entry, you know, for people. Versus, you know, you got a twenty five thousand dollar, you know, mastermind that you're selling. You're gonna buy ads and send straight to that. You know, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it isn't. You know, but hey. If it's a $25,000 thing, you probably can spend a lot of money to get someone to give you 25k. Right. So you never know. You know, right. but um the thing about it is always again, what are your strengths? Like what, you know, if you have proved zero, then test the best thing you think that's going to leverage your strengths. 
you know, and kind of go from there. But I've seen some of the craziest things work. <laughs> I've seen things that you sure was a slam dunk bomb. Right. So I, I don't even know how to predict them. You know what yep. I mean? It's yep. test, get the data, and then go and then make decisions based on that and then go from there. So if someone's preparing to get going with pay-per-click and they're like, all right, you know, I know it's going to cost me some money to get some data in that. Is there a ballpark? Like, can you make, can you get enough info off of a budget of a hundred dollars a week? You know, say, so you said start with Facebook, right? Um, right. You know, can you get enough data off of a budget of a hundred dollars a week to really make you know decisions, or should you be trying to wait and you know do your hustle until you can afford two thousand, three, four, five thousand nope. a month? No, no, no. You can start with five, ten dollars a day. You know what I'm saying? The reality is boils down to what can you pay to get the action that you want. If you're selling a hundred dollars, get someone to give you a hundred dollars. Right. right. And then typically what I would say is I would want to uh, spend at least three, maybe five times that to get enough data to kind of figure out, you know, can I even get people to do that thing? And you can, and you know, the only the problem with a really small budget is that you need a lot more time to gather that data. Right. right. So having more money lets you get compressed time because you can get yep. your data faster, yep. which is yep. again, why you can scale so big so fast. If you can afford to spend money on advertising, you can go yep. get a thousand customers today versus yep. waiting on word of mouth and referrals. Right. Yep. And, and yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Got it. Is there anything I should be asking you that I haven't asked you about? Uh, I wouldn't say so. I mean, you know, it's a lot of layers to me. So, um, it's kind of, you know, we could, we, We'll be on here all day if you were asking me <laughs> all this stuff because it's like, man, you know, it's just only a little snit tidbits of information that I can even give in a short amount of time. Right, right. No, but I think we've covered a lot of really good topics. I mean, we talked about getting started. We talked about, um, you know, troubleshooting problems. We talked about the metrics you want to have in order before you get going. Talked about why paid advertising is the way to go. Um, We've talked about a whole bunch of things. Now, are there things that, you know, in the industry that sometimes agencies do that's kind of shady? Is there anything that people should look out for when they're looking to work with someone? Do you know people that you're like, you know, I wouldn't do that with my clients, but you hear about this guy that's doing that to his people. Is there any ways that people need to kind of protect themselves or kind of keep their eyes open for when they're working with with someone for pay-per-click? Um, I mean, I used to, you know, really get into a lot of that, but I don't as much now because I, you know, honestly, I think most people inherently are good. And, and, uh, when you approach it with that mindset, I think you attract, you know, that type of person versus I think the people that attract the wrong people have the wrong intentions. So when you, you know, and that's just my opinion, you know, I don't, I can't, I can't validate that with anything other than my own feelings. Right. And so when I stop being that way, it seems like the quality of people that have I, that I've attracted to me just a different level, just on a whole nother level now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I think a lot of times people sort of I hate to say this, but I, they kind of bring it on themselves because they kind of go out there worried about, you know, someone's going to get over on them or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. You know what? It's business. Everything doesn't always work out. You can hire the most Christian, religious, straight up, you know, yep. by the book person out there. And he could totally not work out. I mean, every yep. project that I've worked on doesn't always work out. Yep. Okay. And I'll admit that, you know yep. what I mean? So, you know, there's no way to guarantee. Only thing you want to do is try to find someone that you believe is going to do what they say they're going to do. Right. You know, if a person does what they say they're going to do and it doesn't work out, you guys can go your separate ways and no love lost. You know right. what I mean? Right. right. That's all right. I try to do because I'll own up to my mistakes in a heartbeat. If I did something wrong or if there was something that, you know, hey, it didn't work out. We followed my plan and it didn't work for whatever reason. I'm okay with saying, hey, put that one on me. I'll take that, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Uh, but, you know, some people are not willing to do that, you know, and that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's business, yep. you know. It's, it's the way it works. You, you can't win them all. Yep. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're totally right. And I agree with you that wholeheartedly. Um, it's definitely the same way I do business. And sometimes it just, it just it isn't in the cards. Even though it's worked for seven other clients, just this client, yep. it just doesn't work for whatever yep. reason. So. 
Yep. Yeah, Tommy, man, I appreciate your time today. You've been awesome. You've really just given a ton of value. I mean, this call is basically a blueprint for how to get started, where to get started, what kind of budget you need to, con- you know, all the considerations, um, how to roll and scale up, tracking stuff, making sure you're keeping it simple, what to do if you're not able to be profitable, like if you launch and it's not profitable, it's not performing how well, as well as you want it. I mean, this call really could be turned into some sort of ebook on getting started 101, or if you're already up and running, how to enhance what you're already doing so man i just appreciate you coming on the show and just you know dropping gems like you have um how do people reach out to you if they really enjoy like your style your conversation they want to talk to you more about what their business is doing and what you know their situation what's the best way to get in contact with you tommypowers.com just like my name t-o-m-m-i-e-p-o-w-e-r-s.com uh that is my blog slash website like that's kind of my place. I don't really like blog that much or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, anybody want to find me, um, they can get me there. Um, I had a contact form there. I think my phone number, uh, my office number is on the page somewhere. Maybe, or maybe it isn't. I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> that thing ring too much, but, but, uh, yeah, that's how you can get in touch with me, man. Got you know, it. and I'll, and I'll see it. If you get me up from there, cool. I'll definitely see it. Thanks, man. All right, well, Tommy, I appreciate you. Again, thank you for coming and sharing. I know it took time away from your family and your other clients, and, again, you're definitely in high demand. So thank you for coming and just sharing this knowledge with people because I think it's going to be really helpful for some people because they might be scared, right? The concept of spending money can be a scary thing, especially when you're a business owner, especially because, right, like a lot of us are tied to the results and that money is gone forever. But hopefully some people have learned that they need to look at it differently, that they're buying data, and depending on what their business goals are, if they really want to scale big fast, they got to be able to take the plunge at some point in time, right? So That's right. Thanks, man. Yep. yep. Appreciate you having me, man. Cool. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, What can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast, and if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself, and remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.